Hey, Prime members, you can listen to The Lead ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. They have unreal team speed on the offensive side. Very good skill. Tua's is uh, throwing the ball extremely well. Their schematics are almost revolutionary. That's Buffalo Bills head coach Sean McDermott talking about the team whose offense has taken the NFL by storm this season, the Miami Dolphins. AJ, big hole, turns it on, accelerating. You can kiss him goodbye. 69 points on a 67-yard touchdown run. Through five games, the Dolphins have put up historic numbers and are sitting atop the AFC East with a 4-1 and one record. And some people have said that they're changing the sport. Mike McDaniel was in the lab being a mad scientist, <laughs> and this team coming out of the gates and just hitting everyone in the mouth, and all they got to do is basically hold you to four touchdowns, maybe, and they're going to win. Today, Mike Sando from The Athletic breaks down how the Dolphins have created one of the most potent NFL offenses in recent history but why they also have their fair share of skeptics. From Wondery, I'm Tiffany Oshinsky. It's Friday, October 13th, and this is The Lead. 70 to 20. Looks like a Miami Heat score. So, Mike, today we're taking a look at what has made the Miami Dolphins offense so effective this season. So first... Can you just give us an overview of what this offense has accomplished on their way to a 4 and one start? What are some of their most impressive numbers so far? Well, they certainly got my attention when they set the record for most yards for the first five games of a season because the record they broke was held by the greatest show on turf, Rams. I remember the first time I saw the Rams, the thing that I said is these guys have great, not good, but great team speed. You're old enough to remember that Rams team. It was a legendary team because they lost their quarterback, Trent Green, before, I believe, the 1999 season. And Kurt Warner came in, and the offense went just off the charts. Warner, the quarterback, fires up the middle. The pass is caught to Isaac. He did it, and he's gone. Amazing. Was the most aggressive, pass-happy offense the league had seen in a number of years. Trying to run the screen pass, and they do to Marshall Falk. Falk to the 20. Falk at the 10. He's going to score. Woo! So when you're breaking those types of records, to the extent that some people are now calling these Dolphins the greatest show on surf, <laughs> which I love, <gasps> love that. that. I actually love that because it pays homage to those amazing teams that Kurt Warner Marshall Falk, Torrey Holt, Isaac Bruce, Orlando Pace, just like Hall of Famers everywhere across the board. When you're breaking that type of record, you're really onto something. And so 
that's where the Miami Dolphins are. Well, they're leading the league in points around 36 per game and yards nearly 514 a game. And they memorably scored 70 in a win over the Broncos. And the architect of this offense, head coach Mike McDaniel, was asked about the team's red-hot start at his press conference after their most recent win. You guys have now gained more yards through five games than any team in NFL history. Uh, the record you broke belonged to the 99 Rams. Certainly that's you know, hollowed ground in the National Football League. When you hear something like that, what is your reaction? Mission accomplished. We had the whole time, the whole offseason. That was our goal was output after five games. What do you make of that sarcastic reaction from McDaniel and what it says about how he sees this team? I find him so refreshing. Hmm. I mean, Mike McDaniel is not out of NFL head coach central casting. Should I have an announcement? Oh, oh, um, there's a birthday tomorrow. I just read it. There's a player's birthday. I should announce that my wife went to the grocery store which is exciting because I'm a big snack time guy. He's younger. He's a Yale graduate. He has a very dry, crackling dry sense of humor. <laughs> I feel like a 7.8 um, because there was, you know, I didn't feel like he stuck the landing. I, I know that's a very important part of the, of the judging process, right? You have to be on your toes at all times because he's a little bit of a smart aleck. You guys definitely didn't do your part in forewarning me, but this that city, there's all sorts of wind. Almost like he's 20 years old, right? That he, he has this young irreverence to him that I think works because it's authentic. Okay, offensively, you put up some historic numbers today because you didn't give a f about the scoreboard. I am so proud of everyone. I want you guys to enjoy it. But keep it in perspective. We care about our standard and our standard only. I think the key to succeeding, especially as a coach in the NFL, is to number one, be authentic, be yourself. You can't be a phony. And then number two, you really have to be able to show to your players that you can put them in position for them to excel. If you can do that, then just come as you are. Whoever you are is fine. It's much better than faking it and trying to be something you're not. He's not going to be fire and brimstone, yelling at the team, Mr. Tough Guy. None of that. That's not who he is. He doesn't pretend to be that. He doesn't have to because he has those answers so far on game day. So he is different. The comment he made, I think, was along the lines of, hey, this is awesome because that's the number one thing we set out to do was have the most prolific five-game stretch to start a season. And everyone knew, like, no one would have set that as their goal. So <laughs> it was funny. I thought it was great. I think he's a fun sort of a change-up to the what we're used to in the NFL. All right. Well, Mike, you recently wrote about why Mike McDaniel's offense has been so dominant this season to the point that it has caused an opposing coach to call it, quote, almost revolutionary. So let's start with the thing that really grabs your eye as a viewer. Tell us what the Dolphins are doing before they snap the ball and why that has been so effective. Well, pre-snap motion has been around in the NFL for a long time. And all that means is, hey, we're all up the line of scrimmage and you can kind of picture how a football team on offense might align. Right? Traditionally, you would have five offensive linemen, a quarterback, 
maybe one or two running backs behind him, maybe a tight end on the end of the line and a couple receivers out to the side. And that looks like football. If you're going to try to throw off the defense, maybe after you line up before you snap the ball, you might have somebody relocate. Maybe the running back will motion out and stand where a wide receiver would normally stand. Okay, now the defense has to adjust. That's been going on in football for a very long time. What Mike McDaniel has done is gotten trickier with that motion, having people move in not only different ways than we've seen in the past, but at different speeds. So they have extremely fast players. Tyreek Hill is maybe the fastest player in the league. Jalen Waddell, another wide receiver, very fast. And he has these guys relocating before the snap at the same speed you might see them run after the snap. Like they're sprinting already before the play starts. So that forces the defense to make very quick decisions, and then they can easily lose their leverage on this player. So if you have a wide receiver lined up to the right side and suddenly Tyreek Hill is blazing behind him as fast as Tyreek Hill can run and then sort of rounding it up the field after the snap, he's got a head of steam coming that you traditionally haven't been able to get in the NFL. Tua swings it out. Uh-oh. Speaking of fast, how about Tyreek Hill? Hill inside the 20 and then finally chased down. Because... In the NFL, unlike the CFL, in the Canadian football, you can be running towards the line of scrimmage before the snap. You can't do that in the NFL, so it's harder to get momentum before the snap. Well, if you have them running sideways at breakneck speed and time it up just right, you can get some benefits off of that. Goes on that flexed out motion, and as soon as he cuts back, he is out the gate. Now, the problem is, you say, well, take the right angle to pursue. He's so fast, you're trying to take a higher angle because he's so fast, that's the only way you're going to catch him. Cuts so the frequency and manner in which they are motioning before they snap the ball has been notable. You also wrote about how they use motion combined with what you described as conflicting activity to confuse opponents. So can you paint a picture of that? Yeah. Well, when you have these guys moving in different directions, opposite directions at different times, uh, can really be confusing for the defense. There was a great one against Denver, I thought, where they brought into motion, I believe, from the right side of the offense behind the quarterback, a player they did not hand the ball off to. And this player kept going out to the left side. Well, then they had another guy coming behind him. He takes the ball and suddenly that front motion guy is a blocker. Fake to Mostert, end around on first and 10. And this is A-Chain breaking tackles. Oh, is he slippery? Stiff arms his way into Sertan at the five. First and goal after the play of 39 yards. The thing you can see, the thing I mentioned was the speed at which they are doing this shows that the players are fully buying into what the coach wants. Well, just a quick little flip, misdirection, makes everybody think it's going right, but A-Chain coming around from behind, and he's able to look, watch the lineman blocking upfield. What an incredible job, the athleticism. Robert Hunt that time. And so you have somebody like Tyreek Hill who, believe me, Tyreek Hill does not want to block. He's not there to block, right? In a different context, running an offense that Tyreek Hill really didn't believe in, do you think he's going to run full speed out there and just throw his nose in to block? I don't think so. <laughs> but when you know that your coach has everything set up, for a reason and that it requires everybody to do their job, even if they're not going to get the ball and you know that it's going to work. I mean, these guys are all in. And so you see them doing it at a different speed than other teams. How much are they using pre-snap motion compared to the rest of the NFL? Yeah. So 
They're about 60% of their plays. League average is about 20%. So they're three times um, the league average. And then one of the things Mike McDaniel talked about being challenging, when there's that much motion before the snap, not only does it throw off the defense, it requires tremendous coordination by the offense. At first, it's hard for a coach because it's not clean when you first start doing stuff like that and uh, moving all the time. It takes a total commitment of everyone including the offensive line. So everybody plays a part in it, and it's something that it takes a village to execute. So they suffered a bunch of penalties. I think there were about 20 pre-snap penalties in the 2022 season because it's hard to choreograph. And this year, they've reduced those penalties almost down to nothing. Wow. And now the defense still has to adjust to that motion, but the Dolphins are up to speed with a quarterback who's got it mastered in the ball handling and all of that. So that's an even greater advantage. All right, well, let's talk about an element of this that you mentioned a bit already, the Miami Dolphins' incredible speed. Yeah. So, Mike, what can you tell us about the Dolphins and really fast football players? In the last seven or eight years, six, seven years, the NFL has put chips, like GPS devices, in the the shoulder pads of the players, and that allows them to tell a lot of things about how fast people are moving or the directions are moving. You can actually look at like an overhead view of, you know, little ponds moving on the Next Gen Stats website. It's pretty cool. But what this has led to is the league each week putting out a list of who the fastest ball carriers were. Hey, this guy was going 22 miles an hour. That's a new high in the league this year. And for this season, the top five, six, seven guys have been Dolphins. Beginning field position, 35 of L.A. He's got Hill. That's a touchdown. The electrifying Hill finishes it off for Tua Tungvaluwa. And it's not just Tyreek Hill. Jalen Waddle was in there. Raheem Mostert, their running back, was in there. Mostert takes off and goes the distance for the touchdown. So the Patriots' defense sees Mostert pull off the biggest run of the night. And go 43 yards. Being revolutionary and having different approach is great. But when you pair that with having the better athletes as well, you're really on to something. There's no substitute for great players. There's no substitute for speed. You can't fake speed. So that component of it is huge. Well, the third thing you pointed out in your story is just the incredible play of Tua Tongavailoa. He has completed nearly 72% of his passes and has thrown for a league-leading 1,614 yards so far this season. He's on pace to break Peyton Manning's record for passing yards in a season. And he's the front runner for league MVP. So, Mike, why do you think Tua has been thriving so much in this Mike McDaniels offense? Tua is such a great example of how the context around a quarterback can be everything. When he first came into the league, they had a defensive head coach. They didn't seem to have a vision for how to use him. They didn't have any of this great talent on offense. And he looked like he couldn't play quarterback in the NFL. And so in one year, Mike McDaniel came in and set up an offense that really plays to Tua's strengths. Tua's strengths as a quarterback are being able to deliver the ball quickly and accurately. So if you're able to set up all of this motion and get your receivers open quickly, Tua can then quickly identify who's open. They're usually open by a lot, and then he can deliver the ball on time and accurately. What a play by Tua, and what a play by Tyreek Hill. Tua steps up in the pocket, and he sees Tyreek Hill one-on-one on that right sideline, and he's able on the run 
to make a dart up the numbers. Where it becomes harder is if Tua wasn't sure if the guy was going to be open or wasn't sure where the defender's going to be or has to wait for the plays to develop, and now all of a sudden there's somebody chasing him or someone in his face. Oh, watch out. Got to keep Tua healthy, too, because Daquan Jones is landing on him. Tua bulked up in the offseason to be able to take more blows like that, and that uh, he had the full weight of Daquan on him. He hasn't shown as great of an ability to, say, like a Patrick Mahomes or like Russell Wilson in his day to really be able to take off running, evade people, and then throw the ball 50 yards down the field. That has not been his game. But under this context of how they're able to play right now, he's really one of the top guys you'd want to have because he can deliver it quickly and accurately when somebody's open. We all know about Tua's concussion problems last season. The QB sidelined in the league's concussion protocol for the second time this season, believed to be caused by this Christmas Day hit. He has also had some other major injuries he's dealt with in his past. What did he do during the offseason to minimize his chances of getting hurt this year? And how have the Dolphins gone about protecting him? So he put on some weight for sure. As much as I'm trying to work on throwing the ball, getting the ball to the guys, you know, being able to push the ball a lot more downfield, getting in the playbook, I'm doing the same with my body. So, In fact, there was a couple of times during the offseason when I saw the heights and I was like, who is that? I mean, it did not look like Tua. And you even, I even wondered, did he put on too much weight? But I think that was part of it. And then he took some martial arts courses to learn how to better fall. Like, it's just... Uh a guy being attacked and going to the ground and then how to transfer really energy to disperse it and not have a central impact focus. Think of in the movies, a stuntman knows how to hit the ground without like really breaking his back, right? There's an art to how to fall and break your fall that I think some NFL players are better at than others. And I think for Tua, who's been a little bit of a smaller quarterback, he has tried to then learn how to kind of roll with the punches a little bit because you're going to get hit playing quarterback. I would say, though, so far this year, that hasn't been tested too much because they've done such a great job of having those guys open and him being able to get rid of the football quickly. They actually time how long it takes from when the ball touches the quarterback's hand to when he passes it. That's timed on every play in the NFL. And Tua has one of the fastest release times in the league. And then that minimizes the time that he might take a heavy hit. I think they've done a good job and maybe been a little fortunate that he hasn't had to have that happen yet. When it does, then we'll find out. Did he learn to roll with it or will there be more injuries for him? Now, as we talked about earlier, some people have compared this Dolphins offense to the Rams' greatest show on turf. Is that a fair comparison, Mike? And to what extent are we seeing other teams try to copy some of what Miami has done this season? We're seeing that a lot. I watch a lot of the games each week and notice some of the same types of motion. I would venture that most of the teams have incorporated some components of Dolphins-specific motion that we didn't see before. As for the comparisons to The Greatest Show on Turf, look, I think they're fun right now, but The Greatest Show on Turf team won a Super Bowl, went to another Super Bowl. We're able to look at them for the entirety of their accomplishments over multiple years. So 
the Dolphins are just in their second season under Mike McDaniel. They really haven't won anything of consequence to this point. They haven't been to a Super Bowl or even a championship game. So from that standpoint, obviously it's premature to put them in that class. But I think all we have to go on is, you know, what they've been able to show so far. They can't fast forward and put down three more years of production. So we look and compare, you know, in a five-game window, looks pretty good. Okay, coming up, the potential concerns and weaknesses for the dynamic Dolphins offense moving forward. If you travel, you know how to pull off a perfect getaway. You know after you enroll with your Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card, you get up to $10 back monthly on U.S. rideshare purchases with select providers, like a car to the airport. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths and where the Wi-Fi password is rarely used. Because you're the escape artist. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Purchases must be on card. Visit go.mx slash you know. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. So Mike, as good as the Dolphins offense has been this season, in their biggest game of the year so far, a huge showdown against their divisional rival, the Bills, in Buffalo. They only put up 20 points in a blowout loss. And we heard some people really pile on the criticism after that. So don't tell us you're the best thing since sliced bread. You're the future of the sport. You got a nice offense. You did a no-look pass. I get it. I've seen high school kids do that. It's really cool. You have motion. Wow. Everybody has motion. Don't tell me you're changing the sport. You're a good team. So what happened to the Dolphins in that game? What weaknesses in their offense and their defense were exposed? I think it's just a reminder that unless you're the 1972 Dolphins, you don't go undefeated. (laughs) The Chiefs lost their first game of the year, right? I mean, some of the greatest teams in history are going to lose games. The Bills are good. I mean, the Bills were favored to go to the Super Bowl at various points over the last couple seasons. And then our opinion of the Dolphins gets inflated because they put up 70 points on the Broncos. Well, the Broncos had a hand in that too. The Broncos defense has been historically bad. So, you know, I think on any given week, I don't think it means the Dolphins were exposed or they have to go back to the drawing board. 
they're going to lose some games this season, just like all the other teams are going to lose some games this season. I'm not alarmed at all. I think the Bills did a great job. But since then, the Bills have lost multiple players on defense. So we'll see. When Buffalo has to go down to Miami late in the year, maybe the Dolphins win that game. Well, the Dolphins found out this week that Devon Achan, the star rookie running back averaging 12.1 yards per carry, is headed to the IR, meaning he'll miss at least four games with a knee injury. Can this offense keep churning out these massive numbers without him? I think they're going to lose some of the explosive element to their running game. On first down, a big hole for Achan, still going down the sideline. Devon Achan will take it all the way. 76 yards for a Dolphins touchdown. The fastest 40 for an offensive player at the Combine this year. He literally ran circles around the Giants' defense. But they still have Raheem Mostert, who is one of those guys I mentioned earlier that is on the leaderboards, too, for being one of the fastest guys. It's a real shame that A-Chain's going to be out of there. But uh, such is life in the NFL. I do think it does deprive them of one component, but they've got so many others with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, I, I mentioned Mostert, that I think they're going to be okay. All right. Well, is it fair to say that if Tua did get hurt at some point this season, that this entire Dolphins offense would crumble? Is that something the Dolphins are worrying about? I think any team that loses its starting quarterback is worried that they're going to be in trouble. However, they invested in the backup quarterback position this year with Mike White. And people might remember Mike White from the Jets, had, you know, a couple games of success, and then it didn't go as well. Mike White is a good backup to have, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I think, look, if they lost Tua for the whole season, of course, that would be bad and set them back. But I think I would almost be interested to see what Mike McDaniel would have for Mike White if Mike White were to become the quarterback. I do not think that it would necessarily spell the end of them making the playoffs, having a winning record, winning most of their games. I wouldn't say that at this time. Do you get the sense that there is any thought or concern out there in Miami that this whole thing might get figured out at some point? I don't think so. I think we have to be careful when we analyze these teams to not think that they've reinvented football completely. And then when they invariably suffer a loss or have a bad month, they've been exposed and solved. I don't think it's quite that simple. They've done some nice things with motion and it's been uh, an adjustment for some teams. But I don't think it's totally revolutionized football or is something that's going to be completely caught up to. I do think defenses will get better uh, at defending them. And then so much of success in the NFL is dependent on being able to be ahead, be control in the control of the game. Look at a team like San Francisco. They've almost never trailed. That's going to run out for everybody at certain points of the season. I'm not going to be alarmed by it because I don't think this is the greatest team of the greatest offense ever. I think it's had a nice run. I think it's going to continue to be successful. And I think that Mike McDaniel, as much as anyone, has shown that he'll probably be able to kind of stay a step ahead of the law and figure out ways to stay on the cutting edge. Well, finally, Mike, given everything we know about this team, the upside and the potential downside, and with tough opponents like the Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys, Ravens, and Bills still on the schedule, can Miami stay in the conversation as one of the best teams in the NFL the rest of the way? Normally, I would think a team like Miami would fall off some late in the year because Tua's durability is a question, number one. And then number two, as you get later in the year and the weather turns and all of that, it can be harder for some of these you know, high-flying pass offenses. Now, that being said, if you look at their schedule, 
They are the only team in the league that has four of their final five games at home. Mm. Last time I checked, home is in Florida. <laughs> so that sets up pretty well. If this is a high-flying warm-weather offense, you're going to be playing some warmer-weather football late in the year. So I guess I'm probably more optimistic now than I would have been certainly after one game or going into the season about their ability to have a little bit more staying power. Well, thank you so much, Mike. Excited to see how this whole thing looks the rest of the way. Me too. Thank you. You can find a link to Mike Sando's story about the Dolphins in our show notes and follow all of his coverage of the NFL at theathletic.com. And hear him on the Football GM podcast on the Athletic Football Show feed every Saturday morning. Thanks for listening this week. This episode was produced by Matt Straup and edited by Anders Kelto. Audio editing by Adrian Tapia. Sound design and mixing by Aaron May. Fact-checking by Ian Hurley. The rest of our team includes Joe Richardson, Daniel Gonzalez, and Matt Beagle. Our executive producer is Anders Kelto. The lead is executive produced by Dave Easton, Marshall Louie, and Jen Sargent for Wondery. From Wondery, I'm Tiffany Oshinsky. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to The Lead ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. And before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. This episode is brought to you by the effortlessly scrumptious bite of Skinny Pop Popcorn. Imagine this, perfectly popped, endlessly delicious kernels, a symphony of just three simple ingredients, popcorn, sunflower oil, and a sprinkle of salt. No compromise, just pure snacking freedom. And hey, if you're up for a twist, dive into flavors like zesty white cheddar to sweet and salty kettle. Every bite's a delight, light and oh so tasty. Shop Skinny Pop now.